1: The Corinne Nidja Podcast. I'm your host, Corinne Nidja. This is episode 129 of the podcast. This week, we have a plant-based vegan health transformation story back on the show. We are, well, I just want to mention that last week we were off topic and we were with Nikki, me talking about her work with Free to Shine, please check that episode out if you missed it in that episode. Nikki's talking about how she went from being a primary school teacher to uprooting her whole life and moving to Cambodia to help spare and save girls from sex slavery over there. And it's such a powerful episode, an inspirational episode, actually, even though it's such a horrific topic, it truly is an inspirational episode. And if you're someone who's thinking like, how can I help in some way with whatever issue it is that really tugs at your heartstrings, it's a good episode to help you you realise that it isn't just about you knowing the answers today, it's about asking questions and asking as many people as you can so that they can help illuminate the path for you rather than you needing to have all the answers straight away because often we won't have the answers straight away to whatever problem it is that it is we're facing. But Nikki's episode, which is last week, so please go back, really helps us to understand what the journey she went through to begin solve and the, and the walls, the, the brick walls that she faced and the hurdles that she came at she came up against, and the way she navigated those hurdles, which are truly, truly inspirational. So please check out Nikki again, and please buy her book, Do What Matters, which is available everywhere online, and the link will be in the show notes as well. But this episode, we have Joe Jacob on the show, and he is sharing his results after signing up to work with Andrew Spudfit-Taylor on January 1st and Do 30 Day spud only challenge. And I was very excited to have Joe on the show. I know I always talk about Andrew Taylor. I'm sorry. It's just he's Australian. He lives in Melbourne. <laughs> he's my friend. He's, yeah, I think his work is great and his story is great. And it's just a very inspirational, re- relatable story for me because I've had my own issues with food addiction for all my life. And I love the way he faces them. But I imagine if Josh Lajoni lived an hour away from me, I'd be talking about him constantly because he is also an amazing inspiration. So please go back and listen to Josh's episode of the podcast as well, because I love him. And he is also an incredible coach in his own right as well. So please go back and check out Josh and his book, Sick to Fit, which is a must read if you're on this journey to whole food plant-based living and to recovering your health and losing the weight that you've been carrying around, he's great. But this week we're talking about Joe Jacob. And Joe is a wonderful man and he is sharing his results in two, his, almost two months into a whole food plant-based diet after years and years of yo-yoing and going back and forth. Um, and so it's interesting just to see his journey, two months really committed and invested and working with Andrew. And I'm sure you'll all be so interested to to hear what he has to say and to hear the success that he's had just in such a short amount of time. So please click, click on the show notes to read a bit more about Joe. Otherwise, if you have any questions for Joe or myself or Andrew, please leave a comment at the end of the show notes. There's a comment section. You can leave a comment there for Andrew or Joe or myself and we'd be happy to answer them for you. or if you have a family member who you think could really benefit from hearing Joe's story, I'd love it if you could pass this episode on to them on Facebook or Instagram or in Messenger or wherever you want to <laughs> share this podcast. It would be so helpful to to this podcast because I would love even more people to listen to this, to this podcast and hear these hope stories. But also to someone that you know, you know. I, I know personally that I would love to have had this resource when I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis all those years ago. And I know that many of the people who are out in the world just don't know that this these stories exist and stories like Joe's exist, and that there is another better way to recover your health and feel amazing. So thank you, everyone who does share this share this podcast on social media and who does support it on Patreon. I love you all. Thank you very much. And I hope you enjoy this episode with Joe. Have a great one hour of listening. <laughs> Bye. See you at the end. So, Joe, let's get started on your story. Welcome to the show.
0: Well, thank you, Corinne. Thank you so much.
1: You're absolutely welcome. So, Joe, I've given you a small introduction, but please, I'd love it if you would just start by telling us a bit about your story.
0: Oh I sure will. One of the one of the biggest things that's happened throughout my life, especially the last, let's see, about 20 years has been that I became aware of a need for finding a good lifestyle, a good way of eating, um something good for my health, all of those kind of things. But I got so caught up in cravings and addictions and using food for emotional escape, both positive and negative emotions. Um, using food for so many other things it was not intended for, and that's just to nourish and sustain me. Um, even if I was using the best foods, I just got so caught up in all those things that um, what happened is my my health, my weight increased, my health declined um, during all that period of time. And and what I learned is even if even when I was aware of the wonderful options that were out there, the things that I could do. I just couldn't seem to get a handle on it. So uh, so about um, 2002, sometime in late 2002, I learned about um, Dr. John McDougall and about his program. Yeah. And, um, and I actually did that. I did that for a while um, through 2003. I lost a lot of weight. My health got really great. I even corresponded with Dr. McDougall and his wife, Mary, and talk to them and, um, and especially Dr. McDougall by email. And I knew the food and the lifestyle, but what I, what I know now that I didn't know that then was I didn't do the right things to actually prepare my mind for doing this. Um, I, I saw that I saw that this was, I w- I was getting healthy. I was really getting healthy. So, so it was obviously the reward, um, the reward of of just seeing my health improve so much i lost a lot of weight and uh, got down very close to my ideal weight and that wasn't enough that apparently wasn't enough so i fell away from the program after about um 6 months or so i had an operation it was it was an operation that i had that um i was prescribed some pain medication that were opioids and um because i was I was taking those i really didn't want to eat healthy food i just i just wanted to just like you know i was you know the pain all of that i wanted that taken care of well i eventually i didn't need that medicine anymore but i had fallen back into the old habits maybe even worse of just eating poorly just just poor lifestyle and health choices but especially it was the food well anyway fast forward this went on for so many years we're on again, off again. I always had this knowledge of what I could do, but I just didn't do it. And then um, about a couple of years ago, I heard about Andrew Taylor, your own Andrew Taylor in Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> see? Yeah. I
1: do I, I do mention Andrew Taylor every single episode.
0: <laughs> oh, that's great. that's great. and i can I can see why. Um, oh, by the way, because I've been more aware of Melbourne lately. Um, I've been seeing photos of it and I, what a beautiful place. And I, my, my wife and I keep talking about, we have to visit someday. We just have to, we have to visit Australia, but particularly Melbourne. So oh, wow. <laughs> you live come, in a beautiful, place. come along, come along. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, anyway, um, after learning about Andrew and, and, and what he did and reading, reading his first book and then eventually getting his second book. Um, he talked about doing, he has what's called, of course, the Spun Fit Challenge, where basically you eat just all potatoes for a period of time, potatoes and sweet potatoes, and, um, and and you know, with some very easy to understand rules. But what he also does is he really gets into the mind about this, about what we're doing, why we're doing it, why things happen the way they do, how we succeed, how we fail. And that's what did it for me. Um uh the other thing too is is he talks a lot about food addiction. That's the whole purpose, or that's a big purpose of the Spud Fit program. And of course I'm the one saying this. He could do a much better job of explaining his own program as he does. But but the food addiction is a I had to I had to admit to myself I'm I'm dealing with a food addiction. And um you know, when you think about other addictions, like he says, you know, alcohol, drug addictions, other things like that, whether they're, it's it's a substance or behavior, um, what you do is you remove those things. You 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 know, you never have a drop of alcohol again. You never you never take a particular drug or whatever it is. Well, with the food addiction, you cannot just stop eating food, and so he came up with the the best possible solution, and that's to focus on one food. And in addition to that, to make sure that it was a, a whole food, a complete food, so you could sustain it for a while. And potatoes, sweet potatoes are considered a whole food. They they cover the nutrition spectrum. And um, all of this, I'm saying, if it's right, it's because he taught me. <laughs> he taught. Me. <laughs> so so anyway, um, I did this. I he he came up with, hey, how about this was this past December. Uh, just a couple of months ago, like, why don't we, you know, why don't we do a spud fit challenge for 30 days? And I thought, you know, I've been reading about this, wanting to do it for a while. I'm going to do it. And so on January 1st, I did. And um, that takes me to where I am right now. And um, which we'll talk about more, of course, um, through this, through this podcast, but, but um, it's, the results have been wonderful. And, and the thing is, is I, you know it's it's still a short time, but what I do is I see a permanence to this, and I can see where it 's going, not of course, eating potatoes only or sweet potatoes only for the rest of my life, of course not, but just where this where this is going, the transitions that they're so normal in the in the directions that they go.
1: I love that you have had so much success on andrew 's program it's really, really fantastic, but I just want to backtrack for people like really, and I know you've touched on it, but for people to really get a grasp of your health and your diet prior to January, how were things for you health wise? Like, how was how was your health, and how was your what did your what did your typical day of food look like?
0: A typical day of food was whatever whatever somebody does when they're when they're medicating when they're using food because of emotions. There was a lot of fast food a lot of junk food and a lot of food that, you know, that was that just a lot of fat, a lot of high calories, all of that. Specifically, it was pizzas, burgers, things like that, um, where pizza was was a huge thing for me. And um, and I mean, pizza with all the, you know, the stuff. And I just like, you know, my wife and I were going to a diner here, a restaurant a lot um, where we would get breakfast breakfast that would have without triggering anyone I mean just just you could imagine the the foods that you know that 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 really that really cause a lot of problems like a lot of health problems yeah
1: so like the typical bacon eggs all those kinds of sausages and things
0: yes yes exactly yes exactly
1: Okay, and so how was your health? Like, when did you notice in your life that your health was start, your weight was starting to become a problem and your health was starting to decline? Like, where were you? Like, I'm starting to be aware of this.
0: It was um, it was actually before 2002. When what was happening is when I was getting my yearly checkups at the doctor, things were creeping up. Now my weight, I was overweight. Probably, I've been overweight since my early 20s, early to mid 20s except for that period of time that I lost all that weight in 2002 and 2003. So that was, that's always been an issue. And of course, because of the seeding, but, but I have, I have what's, I guess what's called bad genes, (laughs) but what's called um, (laughs) the pre-metabolic syndrome where it's all the things like the high cholesterol and, and I, and, you know, I could have issues with, with blood sugar. You know, the pre diabetes and, and triglycerides, and if I didn't mention it, blood pressure and, and other things that, um, that continue to just get worse, that continue to get worse, worse as I kept doing this.
1: Yeah, okay,
0: okay. I've always known I've had a, you know, a weight problem um, for a long time. I mean, almost all of my adult life, but as far as these other things happening, they just kept getting worse and worse as I got older and older.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so what was your activity like? What, 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 what was life like when you were at your heaviest?
0: This is what's so interesting. I was fairly active. I was walking most days, four to six miles a day. So that would be, you know, let's say seven, eight, 10 kilometers a day. And, um, And most days, most days, or, and I liked hiking in the woods, in the forest, I, I was fairly active and I just wasn't, I wasn't losing weight. Um, one thing I did notice though, is I would, um, I lost energy. I had, so there was, there was all this physiological stuff, but I also know in my mind too, you know, it was always so cloudy and I was always, well, that was one reason for medicating to just kind of forget about things and get into a fog, you know, and things like that, but but, yeah, I just um, – I was fairly active even for being so overweight.
1: Yeah, okay. I think uh, we've had another guest, well, probably several guests, but one that highlights to me is Tim Kaufman. He was on the show a while back, and he spoke again about that, you know, just numbing yourself. And I had similar with I would take lots and lots and lots of painkillers um, as well throughout my time just to kind of – knock your knock yourself out of the day or valium just to get get the day over and done with um yeah so it's interesting that a lot of people talk about this and i don't think i don't think it's spoken about enough that we do get to a point in our health where it's just not very bearable to exist and so it is it's it's of course we would then think well how how can we make this bearable if we can't make it bearable with our food choices and our health choices?
0: Yeah, I don't even, you know, it gets to be like, I don't even need to think about, you know, where I'm going to be at, you know, next month or next year or years from now. How do I just get through today?
1: Exactly. And I think that, again, I just think that this isn't spoken about enough. I think that most people who, when we look around, and we know that seventy percent of society in in Western society are people who are living in overweight, obese bodies, and who are having the you know the the, the issues you know pre diabetes, high cholesterol, blood pressure, high you know blood sugar problems, and you know just even just the strain to do things in life, or the disenjoyment of doing things in hot weather and, you know, all these situations that come when we're overweight and obese. And yet we just kind of soldier on like it's fine. And I think that the more we actually acknowledge that it's just so uncomfortable and miserable to be at that stage, because for me it definitely was. And for many of the guests on the show, no one talks about, no one talks about that it was great to be at the peak of their disease and discomfort
0: yes yes and when you mention that you know like those percentages like 70 percent more um the other thing too to add to that is that then that makes it so you know I'm always around people who are struggling like this too so we're all kind of struggling together and to have to stand out and say you know what I'm I'm gonna be an exception here that's hard
1: oh my gosh it is so hard It's easier to be sick in our society, honestly.
0: Oh, what you just said, it's easier for us to be sick in our society. Yes.
1: That sounds topsy-turvy, but you know the reality is that your peers, we're we're all in it together. We're all chronically ill together. And so when one person says, you know, enough's enough, I don't want to do it, (laughs) people around you get really thrown because – they they they're not ready and they don't want to change and they want you part of their little gang of sick people
0: very much so yeah mm. yeah exactly
1: <laughs> so have you found that difficult in your after doing this spud fit challenge have you found it difficult with your peers and your social circle?
0: Yes yes and no yes in the sense that of course it's difficult because um, people get they get rather convicted when you start. And, and I, I try. I, I believe I do. I try to do this in the very kindest of ways. And it's like, okay, this is this is what's working for me. And you know, I'll give it a try, see how it goes. And when I say no, what I mean is because I was, I feel, and this needs to be sustained. But I feel like I've been so much better prepared through this. Um, I was warned. I mean, I, you know, with with the training that that Andrew gave me, and also what I've what I've Learned all these years to finally get to this point that you know be prepared for this, expect this, and that's that is helping. It's like, okay, I knew this was going to come, here it is and um, and so because of that, it is going about as well as it can. if that makes sense
1: yeah, it it does a bit I think that especially when you're known in your group to eat you know large quantities of fried food, junk food, takeaway yes. food. And often people think that they're treating you by tempting you back to eat those food that they know that you enjoy. Yeah.
0: Have you, yes. have you had any of that? I have. And then when I've, I, it's just been easy to say, you know what? No, I'm good. I'm just going to drink this water. I, I do, I do mentor some younger kids, some boys. And, um, of course they always want to go to McDonald's. And so when we're sitting there and, and, and I'm offered this food, I'm like, you know what? Nope, that's okay. That's okay. I'm good. Um, I'm not hungry. That's working. Now this is only two months into this. And, and so, and so as it goes on and on, it's the same with adults. Like after our, after our meeting here, um, I have a meeting with some, um, with some, some, some couples, we all get together at a house, uh, every couple of weeks. And this is the fourth time that I've met with them since I've been doing this. And um, so far it's going well. I've been able to fend off this by saying, you know, I'm fine. I, You know, I, I, I'm not going to eat tonight. But how many times is that going to work, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, um,
1: has Andrew given you any like, – I know I, I, I know that he, he will. Dr. Doug Lyle, he has some really good ways of dealing with in the pleasure trap way, things to say. Like you know, like you said at the start, you know I'm trying this out and I'm seeing how it goes. And right now, it feels really good. For instance,
0: yeah, he has um, he actually has all kinds of tips and and one of them um, it's titled one of his his uh, his videos is how to get along without going along. And and yes, those are valuable. And actually, um, without so so I don't sound so how would you say um, unrehearsed or so like rigid. Uh, that I just rehearse these things and they do work and just say, you know, yeah, um, you know, it seems to be working for me, things like that. Yes. Um, you know, maybe this won't work. It's an experiment. Maybe it won't work, but we'll just we'll see how it goes. Thank you for caring about me.
1: Yeah, that's great. They're great. I think that they're hard to argue with, you know, people who love you. And you say that you say, I just want to give this a try. And I'll see how it goes, and it might not work, but um, cross your fingers for me that it does.
0: <laughs> yeah, something, exactly, exactly. I was going to mention this later, but but two things that really, really helped me have helped me a lot is uh, I never go to any of these these occasions um, hungry, and and so I do everything I can. Not, I mean, I do everything to make sure that I'm prepared. In other words, I'm full, I'm filled on the right foods before I even go there. And then the second thing is make sure I have some food with me. And if it means going into a restaurant, which I've done, or going into a house, um, which I've done, it's not like I'm carrying a box of potatoes. <laughs> hey, I'm going to eat these. But but they're in the car, and I know I know I can get to them if I need to. Or at least when the meeting is over our gathering is over, that I can get to them right away. And that is so much comfort, just to know that.
1: Yes, absolutely. And it's so, something that... Especially with potatoes, when you're doing potato-only diet, it's so easy to just chuck them in the oven, but leave the oven on forty-five minutes or whatever, and then have a big batch cooking. Like people often get overwhelmed when you say batch cook your food, but when it's potatoes, you just chuck it in, walk away, do stuff, get them out, put them in the wait for them to cool down, put them in the fridge, and you've got your whole meal ready to go.
0: Exactly, exactly, and you know if you stay with that mindset which I've, I've tried to do, then when I've transitioned to these other foods, I keep those simple too. It's like, okay, I'm just adding one step, not like, oh, what are these 15 things I'm going to have to do to get this, um, you know, to get to this meal or whatever. But it's just like, now it's like, okay, like you said, I have this big batch of potatoes that I've prepared. Oh, I'll just steam this broccoli. There, done. You know, and and everything is... Just keeping it that way, just that that mindset of keep it simple, put food in its rightful place and um and that's that's work to just just keep that going, even while adding other foods.
1: yeah, yeah. and so what were the first results that you noticed in your in the
0: challenge? Okay, um two things weight loss happened almost right away. I started losing weight, and um the second thing was how my energy level uh changed. And that just both of those things, even while it's just kind of hard transitioning the first like week or two, um, those were two things that happened almost right. The weight almost dropped almost right away. And then after about three, four days, it just it just kind of it creeps up. It crept up on me. And I went, wow, you know, I'm I'm feeling pretty good. And and I noticed how my energy level just changed. And I even, you know, I I just. I felt like I just needed to get up and just move around and do things. And, um, and that felt really good and it still does. And then what developed right after that is I noticed my head getting clear and that could be for good, but it can also be, you know, why do we, you know, why do I medicate with food? I want to cloud my mind and not think about some stuff. Well, now with a clear mind, I had to think of them. (laughs) And so so (laughs) that was, that was something, but, but you know, it's it's also a healthy way of, of being able to look at things and face problems and things like that. Yes.
1: So were you prepared for that? Like, were you prepared to have this clear mind that now these things that you were avoiding with food were really <laughs> highlighted and amplified?
0: I kind of did expect that because since 2002, I have stopped and started with a whole food plant-based diet so many times. And that was one of the big reasons. It's like, after three, four, five days it's like, oh, I don't wanna think about this and then it was off to the you know, to to get the pizza or, you know, to the fast food restaurant or whatever. So I did expect that, but having these other things that I learned too, um, just really helped. So I'm like, okay, this time we're gonna get it right. And, you know, two months, I mean this is this is pretty good.
1: Yes, yes. And so how's it been for your wife in the house just with potatoes for you know, two months.
0: She's wanted to, to adopt a whole food plant-based diet too. And she has uh, more successfully than I have. And so she's eating a lot of potatoes too, and other things, other things in the house, but she's, she's, you know, she's liking this a lot. She'll, she'll prepare more things that, in, you know, involve more preparation, um, more of a recipe, but, um, but she, she's really supportive. And, um, and then the other, Other thing, too, is she's noticing some changes with me, too, especially, you know, mood and just well-being, things like that, and that I'm not seeing, that I'm not seeing myself. And she's very positive about that. Super supportive, which is great.
1: Oh, that is so good. It's so every single person pretty much on this show who really succeeds long term has a very supportive partner or whose partner becomes very supportive as a result of seeing the changes that are happening mentally, physically, spiritually, even with their partner.
0: That's great. Um, when you mentioned Tim Kaufman, like Tim and Heather, you know, they've been great role models and examples for us, even when, you know, before we were doing all of this and just, just watching them. And then also, of course, Andrew, and Mandy, John McDougall and Mary, <laughs> you know, but that's one thing I wanted to mention too, even through all these years, getting off track so, so much, I never stopped um, receiving like the newsletters that I was receiving by email. When Facebook came around um, in the 2000s, late 2000s, I got on there and I started joining all these groups. So even I never lost track of what was going on out there. And that really helped. But like like these partners that support each other, um, that's that's been a big thing. That's really, that's like, hey, we could do this together. We get along.
1: absolutely absolutely and it becomes so much more fun like my husband's only been fully plant-based for was two years now so it's actually it's actually he's actually coming along for the first seven something years he he was still he our house was plant-based but he would eat whatever he wanted outside of the house and it's just so much nicer and eas- nicer than now we're both on board and we're both sharing it really and he's talking about it. It's really, really helpful and nice and you feel like you've got someone to bounce off your struggles with and, you know, he'll say to me, you know, you have to stop me from eating peanut butter on toast at night time <laughs> and I'll say, <laughs> I'll say, all right, <laughs> I don't know how. So now the kids and I are telling him off for eating peanut butter on toast at night time. <laughs> That's great. But it's that good to sweet. have a little buddy, an accountability buddy at your house.
0: Oh, yeah. Accountability buddy. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: And I'll say things to him, too. I have a sweet tooth, and I'll say, you know, please don't let me make bliss balls at home because I'll eat the whole batch of bliss balls. So, <laughs> you know, it's good, it's good to have someone who's saying, you know, are you making them for a party? Are you making them just for you to have a party by, by yourself? <laughs>
0: And, and it goes so well because you also know each other so well, so yeah. you know you know yeah.
1: like, well you know yeah. what each other are up to, you know, I know that he's yes. what he's what his little vices are, and he knows mine, and we can we can chat and say, you know, hey, what, what what's happening with you making a whole batch of vegan brownies <laughs> Vegan brownies today, Corinne? Why are you doing that? And I'll say, I'm going to play group and I'll think I'm going to eat them all myself. <laughs>
0: yeah, there you go. Exactly. <laughs>
1: So no, it's really really handy. So I'm so glad your wife's on board because it will be making much, so much of a difference. Because since we've been on board together, we've noticed our health improve even in the last two years, and our weight loss improve improve even further because we have each other for that support.
0: That's wonderful. That's wonderful. That's encouraging too.
1: <laughs> oh, good. I hope so. I hope so. So now from there, what's What's been like? So now, how much weight have you lost in the last two months? Just for people who are focused um, on weight loss.
0: Okay, a total to date since January first is twenty-four pounds. Oh my gosh! Which I think that's about eleven kilograms. Yeah, about eleven. Oh, wow. <laughs> congratulations! Oh, thank you, thank you. And that 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 equals a little more than ten percent of my body weight now, and to reach ideal weight, I. Um, to reach a weight where my doctor will be happy, I'm about about fifteen pounds away, but no, i it's more like thirty five more pounds, so about sixteen more kilograms or so I need to lose.
1: yes, okay. well, that's at least you know that you're on the right track tra- trajectory, yes, and that it's not gonna be that long until you've lost, you know. 15 pounds, if you keep going the way you're going, which is awesome.
0: Yes. And what's good about this too is doing it this way with with such a healthy, healthy way of eating. Um, the other numbers are going down that need to, like the cholesterol, the blood pressure, um, the blood sugar to get it into an acceptable range, and triglycerides and whatever else there is there. The right numbers um, go down along with it. And and so that's what's so great. It's it's not just the appearance, the weight loss, but um, but, you know, this when we th- when I think of it, this is what really got me too. the more I think of it, because I have a lot of friends as I get older that I'm, you know, and, and people who I know, other people who I know that um, their health has declined. And, and, you know, we've lost a lot of them. A lot of them have died. And this is a life or death issue. It's a life or death issue. It might be a slow death. But it's a life or death issue, and and this is very important. And, and shame on me for not realizing that, not not getting it. So it it was life changing so many years ago.
1: Yeah, it's it's so. I think I think that you're not alone in kind of just going along with the with the. F- The flow of how our society does seem to go along until they're terribly chronically ill, or they actually do have, you know, a a heart attack or a stroke or a thing that then makes them wake, give gives them that wake up call. I think so many of us are in that situation where it takes a, you know, a gun to our head before we're willing to make that. That change that we need to make, and we know we need to make it, but because everyone around us isn't doing anything, we think, well, why should we have to? Why should we only get to eat potatoes when everyone else is eating all this delicious food? But like you say, the thing is, is that we're knowing we're able to live. We have the medis- medicine and technology to live until we're a hundred, but unfortunately, we're living currently until we're a. Yeah, potentially 100 in really sick bodies from the age of 40.
0: Yeah. The quality of life is what's so important, too. Yeah.
1: That's what, the quality of life is what's struggling for everyone. Everyone's struggling because we're poisoning ourselves with these high fat, high salt, high sugar processed animal foods
0: that are basically presented to us literally just shoved right into our face every single day, multiple times, so many times. Yes. And, and, yeah, unless we live in a bubble, but
1: <laughs> no, absolutely, it's in our face all the time. Even with my children, you know, like you're out there at school and we don't have adver- advertising television at home. We only have the internet, so we have ah. Netflix and Stan and things, but not ad TV. So I just we just both didn't want them to have the ads for processed foods and junk foods in their face all the time. So we just, when we moved here, it didn't have an aerial. And so we just never installed an aerial to this house (laughs) uh, to avoid it. But still, you can't avoid it because every shop you go to, even to the chemist, you go to the chemist where, well, that's called a chemist here, pharmacist, drugstore. Pharmacist, yeah. (laughs) There. And the chemist here, they still sell lollies on the way out, you know, the cash register. And you're thinking, oh my gosh, there's all these pills everywhere. And then you sell them the pills, but then on the way out, you also sell them the things that make them require the pills the foods that make them require the pills at the counter. We
0: are, we are influenced so much in ways that we just, when you start becoming more and more aware of it, it's like, wow. And like you mentioned children too, like the kids, your kids. Oh, wow. Mm, mm. And just seeing all that and, um, you know i really I really reached some dark points you know through all this going like what point do you have to get through to be influenced by all this to let all this happen to where it'll become your bottom where you finally pick up and do something and i kept I kept thinking in my head, you know, if I keep doing this, there might become a time where it's too late and and you know you're going well i I wish I would have done this, but now here I am, you know, I have this disability or you know or I can't you know. Because there are certain points where we just cannot recover from them, and uh, food food is miraculous. It's mirac- Our bodies are miraculous. Um, what they can do, but but there are there are points where it can be too much.
1: Absolutely, and that is a scary thought for many of us. I think where you're like, I know for myself when with my multiple sclerosis, I was like, oh. You know, they said you know there's a certain point where you just start to you, you you develop secondary progressive MS, and I was always thinking like, is this the time that I'm going to develop the type of multiple sclerosis that diet doesn't have as good a impact on? You know, a lot of people once they get secondary progressive MS, they even when they change their diet to a whole food plant based diet, they've done so much damage that it, it it makes a bit of difference, but it doesn't make as much difference as if you catch it earlier.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Your your story, by the way, is like it's unbelievable. It's wonderful, and like you said, to 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 put so you know the one word hope to just put that into it. But yeah, but but you thinking about that and facing that, and how do you get the answers? The answers that you need for things like that too, because they're they're hard to come by. Mm. It seems like.
1: Yeah, true. I think that for myself and many of the people on this show, and I'm and I'm sure that this will be your case too, and is your case as well, from what you've said, is, conti- for me, I I purposefully blocked out as much of the negative talk about multiple sclerosis that I could manage. Like, obviously, people would still approach me and tell me like their great aunt who had a pacemaker and was dying. And people often want to tell you, like, I know such and such with multiple sclerosis and they're doing terribly. And you're like, why are you telling me this? Like, um, Like, thank you. (laughs) Good for you that you know someone with multiple sclerosis that's having a horrible time. Uh, I mean, but saying it, like, not saying it in a way that was like, before even I was on a whole food plant-based journey. So it was just really just terrifying information. I found it helpful to block out negative stories and then to really flood myself as much as possible with positive stories, positive research, positive things on reversing disease with diet. And that, that, that like you're talking about with Andrew, the mindset, that's what I had to focus on to do this, was if I listened to those stories and I would just go into the corner and eat whatever I want, it's hopeless. I'm gonna get sicker and sicker until I die. That's just the way it's gonna be. So I had to cut out all that stories. Had to unfollow all the multiple sclerosis groups on Facebook. Unfollow all the pages that were about multiple sclerosis. And I never do any of the I never do any of the runs or the walks or the challenges because I just don't want my head in that sick person space and flood myself with the healthy, hopeful whole food plant-based stories and that is what really helped me is educating and every guest on this show talks about education and so once you when you feel that dip come where you think oh I want to you know I want to eat that thing and I think like I listen to a podcast like this or Plant Proof or uh, Exam Room or you know any of the great podcasts out there or I go on Facebook and I check out Forks Over Knives official Facebook group and I See the stories, and I think you know I don't want to be there before. (laughs) You know I don't want to be I don't want to be there before photos. I want to be the after photos, and that keeps me focused.
0: (laughs) That's great. That's great. Wow. Um, and and what you're saying it it seems like is is like your mind was so involved in this healing too. Mm, Absolutely. So much, and 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 it's so it's so fragile. It's so vulnerable that. You had to take it into this direction that you're talking about, and and also all those all those conventional things, like you said, all these the organizations, the Facebook pages, um, the events, and and wow, that's just that's something that you you had the mindset to to just do that and and get to the right point that yeah. you needed to.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know how it happened for me, but I guess because I've lost my brother, and I was very focused on not getting debilitatingly ill and needing my parents to care for me like he he was very sick and couldn't be saved with a plant-based diet so for me it was I was very determined but um you know it's still so hard that took me for four, the first four years after diagnosis I was very much like you talking about that going back and forward back and forward back and forward because you've got the you, know, you joined mcdougall and I joined our we have a great doctor here, Dr. George Jelinek and his program, Overcoming Multiple Sclerosis here. And I went to the retreat and I was like, just a bit like you in 2002, where I was gung ho for a bit. And I was like, yes, yes, I'm doing this. I'm going to be great. But then there's so many different factors, like, you know, the friendships where I just wanted to be normal. So I wanted to be, I was still smoking and eating all the junk food. And I was like, if I don't have these foods and these Ju- this junk food, then how are my friends going to want to hang out with me? You know, I already don't drink alcohol <laughs> and now I don't eat chocolate and I don't have <laughs> cigarettes as well. It seemed like an impossible- and I'm not complaining about my ailments because that's what we used to sit around and talk about. Oh my gosh, I've had a headache for a week. Me too. Oh my gosh, my tummy feels so disgusting. Mine too. You know, we just, you be oh, talking yes. like that all the time.
0: Yes. Yeah. I, if it's okay, I, I want to ask you one question. Yeah, sure. Are these the same friends that you have now too? Did they stay with you through this? Because that's a concern for me too. Mm,
1: I have to say, even though I love the, all those people still, I love them and I still consider them my friends, we don't hang out very much. And I've made really beautiful new friends who are really passionate about whole food, plant-based living or a vegan living or a lot of new friends, but I still am like I still, I still am very tight with some of my old friends and I'm going to stay at one of their houses tomorrow night and I still and they're not plant based or anything so I haven't been I haven't lost them, and the only one that I've lost that I say i haven't i'm not I'm not friends with would be someone that I shouldn't have been friends with long term anyway. Just because it wasn't a healthy friendship. It was just a one sided kind of friendship. I see. So that's yeah. But it's but I'm happy where it is and I still love those people that I my the old friends so much. It's just that we do we have a lot less in common now.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally makes sense. Yeah. But
1: there's new people come into your life, Joe. So it's not yeah. like it's I thought that they would go and I just have no one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: So, are there uh, plant, plant pods or things in your area?
0: Yes, we do have the plant pods, and also we have an organization that was started here, actually, in in the United States, in Michigan, the state of Michigan, where I live, called PBNSG. Yeah. And plant. Have you heard of them?
1: Yes, have been. Paul's been on the show, Paul Chatlin.
0: Oh yes, yes, of course, our director. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> And so we do and, and we, we do belong to my wife and I, a PBNSG small group which meets once a month. And we go to their events, their activities. And actually that's where we've seen um among others, Tim and Heather Kaufman, they've come and, and been guest speakers and yeah. <laughs> oh
1: wow. I would like to start something like that where I live. I think it's so helpful. I'm 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 I keep saying it and this week, next the next seven days. I'm going to do one just for the hills. If you're in the hills and listening where I live, I'm making one for the hills.
0: <laughs> That's great. You know, with, with more and more people becoming aware of this, I would think, um, and especially with the population, is hills like kind of a populated area? Or,
1: well, and- it's about, I don't know, eight suburbs, but they're just small. We're, we're small little suburbs, you know. We live on, we live on the Dandenong Ranges, so we live on this mount this mountain
0: tree area. Okay.
1: It's very nice, Joe. When you come to Melbourne, you'll have to visit the Dandenong
0: Ranges. It's a
1: tourist hotspot. To check
0: that out. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's great. That is great. I would pretty. think we'd be able to find like even a half a dozen people for oh, a group.
1: Yeah, absolutely. For sure we can. I just, I just, it's just about me making the time, but I like There's one in Melbourne. I love Jenny Cameron's plant powered Melbourne group, which I tried to, I've been, I've been to once cause I'm just I haven't managed to get the dates to align with my family, my family, but yeah, that's an hour drive. So I'd like one just a little bit closer and more convenient so that I can just pop there with my kids.
0: You know, that's great. And having this in common with other people like this, it's just you can kind of lean on each other too.
1: Absolutely. Have you found it really helpful for
0: you in your journey? Oh yes, because it's like when we met, when we went the people um, for the small group when we first started going, and it's like we all knew the same like language. We all all knew the same talk, the same books that we've read, the same people that we you know that we've looked up to, that we've admired. That was so cool. (laughs) It's like, wow, there's somebody, you know.
1: (laughs) I know. It's literally like feels magical. Like you're you're there and you think, Oh my god, I can eat all the food here. We've all bought food I can eat and it's so like a unicorn seeing a unicorn is what feels like coming together with yeah, yeah. <laughs> with a group of plant-based people because you only see them online and they're mythical beings yeah. <laughs> so it's
0: they really do exist in flesh you know <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly yeah.
1: no it's great so joe before we end because i know we're, i'm going to interview straight after this any last things you wanted to mention to us before we Give uh, your three biggest tips.
0: I think I think the most important thing that that I kept like when I wrote some notes for this for this interview is I kept finding myself wanting to say you know this is this is a life or death matter. It really is that important. It means so much. It's not just like I know I say it to people to to comfort them to uh, make them feel comfortable. But um, you know that I'm just giving this a try. Whatever. But for me, this is like it's like what I, I got to do. It's what I gotta do for myself and I owe it to the people who love me, who I love. And um and for the things that I wanna do with my life. It is it is really a matter of life or, or death. And it sounds that may sound it does sound a little morbid, but but it really is that important. It really, really, really matters that much. And also I would say too, is even in this short time and even over the years when I was trying things back and forth, um, I would say I I shouldn't how would you say it like take it lightly how my my example influences others. We all influence each other and when people are seeing me doing something like this, it really does affect others too when they're truly interested and you know and mindful of what you're doing. It can also repel them too. That's why I was asking about the friendships. <laughs> and- so those are the two yeah, a couple of takeaways there. There's so many other things.
1: I love I love those too. They're great. And so what would be your top tips for anyone wanting to start?
0: I'll just give them real quick here and then if there's time I can I can expand a little bit. But the first tip, three of them here, the first one is that I wrote is do your own research and homework in every possible way you can, but also try not to get caught up in delaying your your you know your commitment, your your decision change. Um, in other words, not have analysis. Paralysis.
1: But. Yes, that's such a good number one analysis. Paralysis. So many people are stuck saying that, doing in that mindset. Yesterday, I did this talk on the um, environmental impact of animal agriculture at our local library, and talking about you know the, the all the things like one hamburger. Eating one hamburger is equivalent to taking a two month long shower. Oh the amount of water that goes into getting that burger to your mouth.
0: Just to get that, Just wow, to get that wow.
1: burg beef patty is two months in the shower. You could just hop in the shower for two months to switch between eating that burger or the fresh water's going regardless. So it was just astounding. People were saying, wow, I can't believe a one burger is two months in the shower. When you think about watering the crops that get fed to that animal and then the water that that animal drinks as well and, all the resources it's two months in the shower so when I said that to them and they say oh my gosh but I can't go vegan today and I'm like don't go vegan today then just just do whatever you can at the next at the next choice that you have with food if you can make a different choice make that one choice and that one choice even if I just put that one burger down and ordered a salad and some chips instead there." Saving two months worth of fresh water of showering. That's a great, great thing to do. Don't have to do the whole thing if you don't think you can commit to the whole thing. Just take your steps that you can take. Change your milk if you can, change your change your yogurt to plant based yogurt if you can, or don't have it at all. But you know, you just do little bits and you never know how big an impact that's having. Like two two months in the shower is a big impact.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And for you to present it that way, it's like, hey, I never thought of that. And okay, now just go do it. <laughs> but that's the other thing.
1: Yeah, so just go do it. And I love that because people do get stuck thinking, oh my God, I'm overwhelmed because now how am I going to make cheese and where am I going to get chocolate and how am I going to just don't overthink it. Just do the next thing if you can find a substitute substitute it you know if you if it's easy for you do the thing that's easy for you first and get used to that
0: yeah exactly and then of course the the biggest question of all where do I get my protein
1: (laughs) exactly
0: (laughs) answer get get that
1: question answered
0: (laughs) yeah and and you know I when I mention these things too it's like this is from my experience and my biggest mistakes too so you're looking at at the king of analysis paralysis or whatever the you know yeah. whatever right here, I've done that for so long. But for you to do that, that's actually I, I'm not going to ever forget that. Two months of showers for one burger. Oh wow! I know
1: it's it's a handy statistic. Even if you're on like even if you're just doing this for your health, learning that and learning there's so many others in the presentation that I did yesterday that you're just like oh my gosh you know I've even though even though I'm just motivated for my health, now when I realize the damage it does to the planet, it's an extra layer of motivation
0: i I can relate to that I think that's what's happening to me too now I'm starting to become aware of these things, and even though I heard them before now there's some there's some emotion there's some passion behind that yeah and um how it's affecting me and yeah you start you start really caring <laughs> yeah in ways yeah. Yeah,
1: (laughs) And I think that, like, Joe, what you were saying about the brain fog and being a bit, like, spending the last, you know, 20, nearly 18 years yo-yoing because you don't want to get that fog lifted because you don't want to face the things that you're avoiding. One of the things Uh is is that we are, once we do take the veil off and we can think clearly again, of course we're going to start to think about the environment. Of course we're going to start to think about the animals. And that can be hard as well, but it's also just that, there's a, it's a blessing and a curse for having those things made <laughs> made known to you, but it, it does make you become a lot more impassioned about helping in those areas as well. For many people who've come on this show, that is just a natural trajectory of becoming plant-based because you're more awake you're more energized and then you're like oh my gosh if I'm gonna live well to a hundred this planet better be sorted out
0: (laughs) yes yes for us and for the future and you know um one thing is is it's very uncomfortable but you know anger negative emotions like like getting angry about something often that's what initiates a lot of change and so, okay, get rid of the brain fog, think clearly and say, whoa, something is wrong here. What am I going to do about it? Is there something I can do? thats It's not comfortable, but that's a good, good position to be in to um, to take some action.
1: Absolutely. Even though it isn't, isn't comfortable at all. And I was terrified yesterday. It's the first time I've ever, ever done a talk on... The environmental impact of ag- animal agriculture, but I just, the library asked me to do a talk on sustainability, and I just thought, well, a plant based diet, I know how much. And then I got to do more research and realized just how devastating. Wow. It is, and it was yeah if you if you want the slides, leave me a note in the show notes, and I can email you the slides if anyone's interested in finding out all the figures. not not, not so much you, Joe, but anyone else if you if you want them too. but I mean anyone who wants their slides, the slides have got so much information if you're thinking, well, I'm ready to start learning more about the environmental impact of my food choices. That's what the whole presentation was about. I'll be happy to send them through to anyone who's interested now, Joe, number two before we hang out.
0: Okay, number two, make a strong commitment to what you are doing. Like I wrote this down, write a journal, make notes, draw pictures, do whatever you need to do to define define exactly what you will do and what you will not do. Just as importantly, what you will eat and not eat, what and why you will never compromise. This is so important, that commitment. Just make an absolute commitment, saying, I am doing this.
1: I love that. Great. That's awesome. And I love the little strategies, journaling, drawing, all those things. That's great. I love that. It really helps solidify in your mind when you put it down on paper.
0: Oh, it sure does. Oh, it just illuminates. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, number three. Yes, well, number, number three. three. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, be prepared always. And what I wrote here is, um, or what I what I have here, I've internalized this, is for me the two most important things are to always have food prepared so I can have it immediately with no delays, no excuses, and also to have always have the right food with me wherever I go. And these are simple rules, of course, which makes the habit, you know, just remembering those two things makes the habit attainable. But they're so important. And they have saved me from so many situations of saying, you know, if I didn't have these potatoes or that now it's other foods, um, I would have I would have done something wrong and uh, that's not good for me good for Mm, me so
1: mm, mm, absolutely absolutely I have definitely been there and I love having those potatoes I've been to weddings with banana and a potato in my handbag Oh, that's great! Because that's sometimes there's nothing for at a wedding for you know ages, or, or the vegan options terrible. So no, it's it's very handy, and it makes you feel like you can enjoy the wedding or the party that you're at when you know that you've got some yes. foods prepared.
0: Yeah, you know that's a huge side benefit is um, is is a huge one. Is that now when I've when I've actually gone and visited with people like. Um, it hasn't been so negative. It's been more positive in this sense that I'm not thinking about food so I can actually enjoy the company and talk to people. As long as I'm not creepy or anything like that, staring at them while they're eating. I don't do that. But, <laughs> but I mean, just having wonderful conversations. I'm just aware of people more. And I remember Andrew saying that would happen. and you know, And like you're mentioning here, that you can just enjoy what you're doing and not have to think about the food.
1: It's, it is so refreshing to be able to be present. And I was talking to my husband about this just yesterday saying it's so nice to be out of place and not be thinking, oh, my God, I have to eat that cake or, oh, my God, I have to eat that thing or, oh, my God, I have to eat this, you know, you know uh, just stressing about it and when are you going to get it and is there enough for you and are you going to, you know, like all those things you think at your party or when you're out that you just don't have to be panicking about.
0: It's, it's liberating.
1: It Isn't it? It's so liberating. It is. So thank you so much, Joe, for coming on the show. It was a wonderful pleasure. I'm so glad that Andrew's program has worked for you. Andrew's program will be linked in the show notes, everyone. Joe is a super success story so far, and I know you'll continue because you've got the great support of Andrew. I'll link Andrew's episodes in the show notes as well, for because he's been on the show, I think, now, I want to say, yeah, three times. So you can go back and listen to him because he just does such a great job. And he coaches me in one episode and I'm still doing great. I've come along, I'm still down, I think, four kilos now. So it's that's good. I'm feeling good. Um yeah, it's been it's made it a lot simpler. He's just a really great coach, which is
0: awesome. He's great. Wonderful. Great.
1: So thank you, Joe. Um
0: congratulations. Thank you. What a pleasure talking with you. Thank you so much.
1: You're absolutely welcome. It was my pleasure too. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks. Take care. Hello again. Just wanted to thank Joe for coming on the show. Thank you, Joe, for being so brave and sharing your story with us all. Thank you all so much for listening and supporting this podcast. And please remember, if you have any questions for Andrew or Joe or myself, message us in the Put your your comments in the comment section of the show notes and we will do our best to get back to you as soon as possible. All the links to work with Andrew or to – I've put links to Tim Kaufman and Josh Lajonni and Andrew and Heather Kaufman and Mandy. I've put links to their episodes of the podcast in the show notes as well. So head over to the show notes to check out those episodes if you want to hear more about those power couples or Josh Lajonni and his work with his book, Sick to Fit, and um, Howard Jacobson as well. And if you have a story or you're just thinking that you're starting to be brave enough to want to share it with me, please message me or email me or connect with me on Instagram or Facebook or however you would like to connect with me or in the show notes, I would love to share your story. So please be brave, share it. Everyone needs to hear it. Everyone needs to know that these stories exist and that journeys like yours exist. So please feel free to message me. I would love to have you on the show. Otherwise, I will see you all next week.
0: Bye. Bags are packed. Are you ready to go? This time tomorrow we'll be on the road. Riding with you in the sunnier day. I wouldn't want it any other